All right. So on the Mind of a Football Coach podcast today, we have Coach Fortin. Coach, welcome to the podcast. Uh, thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. I, you know, I was I was wondering this. I wanted to ask you this. How did you find the Mind of a Football Coach podcast? So um, one of my friends, he has a podcast, and Can You Keep It Real podcast in Rhode Island. And for some reason, I, I think I spelled it wrong. And then a whole bunch of different uh, podcasts come, came up. And I just happened to click yours and I was listening to a couple episodes. It's like, Hey, I would love to just talk football with you. So I reached out and here we are talking. Man, that is so cool. Uh, I was looking up my, my listenership from Rhode Island and coach, where are you in Rhode Island? Like what area? Uh, I'm in Johnston, Rhode Island. Johnston. Okay. I have a bunch of listeners in Pawtucket. Is that close to there? I think that's what I saw. Yeah, that's about, uh, depending on what part, it's about 15, 20 minutes the most. Okay, that's cool, Coach. Well, Coach, uh, for the listener, please uh, give the listener a little background about yourself, and uh, then we'll we'll rock and roll from there. Okay, sure. Um, I've been a football coach for about 20 years. Um, like most coaches, you start off at youth football. I, I did that for about four or five years, and then uh, a friend of mine who coaches at Johnston High School uh, Joe Atrado said, you have to come to the high school. You just, you, you, it's for you. So I started my high school uh, coaching career in 2007, 2008. Johnston, uh, we won the, the D3 division title, uh, state championship. Um, during that season, I really got uh, the clinch of, wow, I'm, I'm enjoying coaching at a higher level. Um, I spent two years with them, and then I wanted to become a paid coach at that point. He didn't have anything on his staff, so actually I moved up a division to Division Two. I started coaching for uh, um, Jerry Zanella over at Carpentry High School. I was there for 2009 to 2017. We won a division. We went to the playoffs a couple of times. Um, we had some rocky, rocky roads a couple of years there. And then one summer, um, Johnson and Wales University actually wanted to start a football program, and they call it the football club because it's not school related. And some of my old players asked me to, you know, get on board. So I did that for the summer. And after meeting with the athletic director, I was hoping it would grow to be in a season, but they didn't want it. So. I just helped out in the summer, helped create the club a little bit, and then went back to Coventry High School for the fall. Um, the head coach ended up resigning, went to a different school. Uh, my other friend, uh, Matt Mancuso, over at Exeter West Greenwich, he was the head coach. It was Division Four, small school, um, asked me to come over. He didn't have a lot of coaches, so I went over there to be their offensive coordinator. Halfway through the season, his life changed. He had a better job, and he really couldn't commit. So we asked if I would take over the day-to-day operations. I did so. At the end of the year, he resigned, and the school and uh, himself asked me to take over uh, as the head coach. That was my first year getting getting the head coaching position. Um, and I had to change the whole entire system around. It, it had to match what I wanted to do. We were successful. Uh, my first year as a head coach, we came one game from getting to the playoffs, which that was very strong for me because I needed to build the program. We only had 18, 19 kids. So I knew 
we had I had to do something to we had to have a successful season to bring more kids in. I knew what it took. So the second year, um, COVID hit. So mm. we canceled, but they moved it to the spring in Rhode Island. So mm. we ended up playing spring football. Uh, I, we got to um, one game from the state championship. So we made the playoffs in my second year. And then when that season was over, we went right back into fall football. So it, it really became a big uh, season mm. for us. And then in 2001, COVID hit a little bit, but not as much. Um, we would end up being the sixth seed. And then um, we just went on this, this run. And uh, we got to the Super Bowl, where um, the only team in Rhode Island, the Scholastic League history, to have a sixth seed make it to the Super Bowl. We were on the road. We were the underdogs. We go to the Super Bowl and we ran into the to the buzzsaw. Uh, Potagansett was just an unbelievable team. They were undefeated, beating teams by fifty. They mm. ended up beating us in the Super Bowl, um, but it was a great experience. And then the following year, I actually joined Potagansett for the defensive coordinator position, and uh, we ended up losing in the first round of the playoffs last year. Mm. Wow, coach, what a story. I mean, it, I really feel like you just you love football and that's that's so cool to hear that that you just you love ball and you just you just want to coach and, and help people become better players. Yeah, no, I absolutely love it. I, you know, I've been doing it for a while. And just what I really like seeing is the kids actually getting more out of it because as an assistant, I really didn't know anything more than just hey, just football, but it can get kids into college. When I became a head coach, I re- I was introduced to all these recruiters, and I became really good friends with um, Ryan McCormick over at UMass Dartmouth. He's a really good football recruiter, and he gave me the ins and outs, and I would invite him to the school. And all of a sudden, I'm having six, seven different recruiters. I want to get my, my school, my program, some exposure. And uh, within three years, I've got nine kids playing NCAA football right now. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Uh, Rhode Island is like West Virginia. Uh, we're not hotbeds for college football programs to come recruit. So nine, man, that's a, that's a big number. Yeah. As a coach, you have to, because it's Rhode Island, it's small. And so mm-hmm. you actually have to go out and, and talk to the recruits. I use Twitter very well at coach mm-hmm. Foreman at Twitter. And I get so much interaction with a lot of uh, recruiters, a lot of head coaches. We, we communicate, we talk throughout the whole season. And every year I get about 20 to 30 different emails from coaches. Who, who should we be looking at this upcoming season? So I, I kind of created a good bond, a good network uh, throughout, throughout the country. Mm, that is so cool. So do you work in the school, coach? Are you a teacher or how do you, what, what do you do no. with the other part of your life? I'm one of them coaches that that's not in the building. I have okay. a company. Um, in Rhode Island, they used to want you to be in the building. Now they're kind of getting away from that a little bit. They'd rather you not be in the school, if per se, um, and then just come in outside and just handle the day-to-day operations. In some schools, it's a requirement, but um, 90% of the, the schools now kind of they kind of want you not in the building. It's easier because if you're a coach in the building, all of a sudden you're, they're coming off for guidance and they're talking to the football coach. So, mm. so that does happen a lot, but um, no, I'm not in the building. Okay. That's cool. So you've been office coordinator. You've run the defense. Uh, what's your flavor of offense? What do you, what's your, what's your style? 
So it really depends. You know, I get this question a lot, but it really depends on the players. I mm-hmm. ran everything from a simple wing tee to spread to option. So it really depends on who I have. The year that we went to the Super Bowl, I kind of put two to three different offenses and mixed them together because mm-hmm. we're a small school. We don't have 60, 70 kids. So we had a lot of first-year seniors. So the easiest way to, to teach a line is, is wing tees. It's slant blocking. So mm-hmm. I thought to my offensive line coach, I said, listen, we're going to stick with the wing with the wing T concept for blocking, but then we're going to run spread and we're going to run jet and a rocket and just can let them continue running the wing T concept. It took a little while because the timing was, was completely off, but it took a lot of work of my staff and myself and, and the kids really put it together. It took a few games to, to actually um, work. And then what it did, it was it was very it was good. Mm. So what's your what's your top three plays? What are your what are your go tos in your offense? Oh, so uh, my my best one is um, it's called trips left heavy. So it's trips left heavy, fullback screen left slant. What it is is mm. we have a fullback we're in the spread formation. We have three receivers to the left, and we'll have one to the right. And what we'll do is we'll run the three off. So one, we'll run a slant to take the inside backer. We'll run a post and to keep the safety hanging out. And then we'll just run a one route with the fullback to the left that's closer to the quarterback. He fakes to the line, gets a three count like he's got a block, and he just sneaks out. On the backside, we have a stop and go. He'll stop and then run a slant just in case they pick up the fullback on the, on the screen. Quarterback has a three-step, paused, looks at the slant, Three step, and then he throws it to the fullback for the screen. That's a man. Yeah, that's a good play. Yeah, that's that's my. my I love that play. Uh, my other one is it's uh, it's called Twins Right. It's uh, Twins Right eighty nine X caliber wheel right. So what that is is the, on the right side we have a post and a dig, and on the on the other side they just basically uh, double slant it up. It's like a wheel go, and then we wheel the uh, fullback out. And then the third one will be, it'll be something like a um, trips right under Tennessee eight. And what that is, it's trips to the right, split into the left, and we're in a, under the gun. And then we're just running rocket. We're blocking everybody down and we're pulling both tackles and guards. Oh, man. I hear you on that. That's great. It's great. When it works, it's good. When it don't work, it's bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's like every play, right? If it works, it's, oh, man, that's a great play. But if we don't execute it, then, oh, man. <laughs> It's a bad play, but it's not really a bad play. We just didn't execute it, right? Yeah. No, when it, when it goes, it goes. But it's because you're pulling the guard and the tackle from the same mm-hmm. side. That split end has to be tight. And he has to come down straight down the line. There's no step. He's replacing the tackle because we're going to pass the guard anyway. And then we mm-hmm. get the two extra blockers while we crack down. So mm. That's awesome. So back to the, the Super Bowl, where does that play in Rhode Island? Where, do y'all play your state championship somewhere centrally located or at the host school, or how does that work? So we play at uh, Cranston Stadium. It's there every year. I wish we would go to like a URI or Bryant or Brown College. In Massachusetts, they go to Gillette Stadium, but mm. I don't know the ins and outs. So it's, it's Cranston Stadium. It's turf. Uh, it's, it's probably one of the, the larger venues. Uh, Cranston East, that's their home game. So if they ever make it to the Super Bowl, uh, they'll be playing on their home turf. Mm. That's very similar to here. Uh, the state championships in West Virginia are played at Willing Park, which is Willing Park High School's field. Uh, but that's cool, man. I mean, 
so I guess I'm guessing every team in Rhode Island has turf because of the weather. Is that true? <laughs> um, they should, but they don't. So oh man, a lot of them do. Uh, my my school when I was at EWG again, small school, only started mm-hmm. in the 1990s. So it's grass. Um, it's not turf. I like that old grass stuff though. Um, the turf is great. Don't get me wrong, but. When you have that rainy day, that hard-fought game with it's the linemen grinding, mm. they come out dirty, that's that's football. So there's a few that still have it. That's awesome. And as we're podcasting, Coach, my little, my little girls just walked in. They're getting some new stuffies uh, for their bedtime. <laughs> for their bedtime. Right. That's, that's funny. Um, they're supposed to be in bed, but uh, they need to get one stuffy and, and go to bed. But you know how that goes. Coach, you have kids. Uh and your father of two. That's awesome, man. It, that's the it's the best. It's one of the greatest joys in life, isn't it, man? Yeah, they uh, they'll they'll keep you on your toes. Mine are a little older now. I got twenty seven, and one will be twenty six. So, but when they were younger, I'll tell you, they kept me on my toes. My daughter loves coming to the games. Uh, she mm. actually makes cookies for all the players every week. So it's oh man, yeah, they, they look forward to it. <laughs> that's awesome. So, I'm guessing you you lived your whole life in Rhode Island. Is that, is that true coach? Yes. Awesome. So describe to a West Virginia, well, I'm not really a West Virginia. I've lived everywhere, but I'm in West Virginia. You know, I, I love being a West Virginian. Describe to the listener what it's, what's the, what's it like being from Rhode Island? Like what's your, what's your points of pride? Um, that all that kind of stuff. Rhode Island. It's, it's like a two, two full type of state. Um, you go to Federal Hill for the best Italian foods and then you're near the water where they have, you know, some of the best seafood going. It's unfortunate. A lot of things have changed. Uh, we don't really have the Red Sox anymore. That moved to West, uh, to uh, Massachusetts. Our mm-hmm. theme parks kind of moved to Massachusetts as well. Rhode Island is very small, but it's one of them things that everybody knows everybody. Mm-hmm. Or three three person down where, oh, my God, I know you from my sister's uncle or whatever. Uh, yeah. Our beaches are nice, and um, it's the it's the weather. It will be spring and winter in, in one day. So, <laughs> like today, we got up. It was 15 degrees this afternoon. It felt like it was 50, and mm. now it's back down to 20 with snow. So, mm-hmm. um, but that's New England, and it's hot wieners and, and coffee milk and Dunkin' Donuts. That's Rhode Island for you, right there. That's cool, man. So, like, if somebody moves to Rhode Island, do people give them the side eye, like, hey, what are you doing here? Or, you know, because West Virginia, some kind, sometimes you can get that. No, over here, it's it's um, it's so diverse. So, mm. it's, hey, welcome. Come on in and let me show you, you know, what, what Rhode Island's about. Um, you'll, you'll get places, like, you'll get Newport, and that's their own little clique. Newport, Middletown, they don't really come down to Providence. Providence is the fast life, you know, and with the fast mm. life comes a little bit of trouble. And that's where most of it is, unfortunately, but it's a great party place to be. And if you know a lot of people, there's rooftop restaurants, it is fire, there's water fire. So there's a lot of good things going on. Mm. And then you get down to Washington County area. That's where all the beaches are. And it's, it's really good atmosphere there as well. That's awesome. And on in your bio, it also says you're a godfather. Are you Catholic, Coach? Yes, I am. Awesome. <laughs> it's not godfather in the way most Catholics think. Um, that's that's awesome. Yeah, no, actually, yeah, I'm a um, I'm an uncle for two. I'm a godfather for two. 
So um, I, I, I like I like having kids around. Um, they just they're so innocent. They're just pure, and they just enjoy life. They don't have to see you know life through an adult, which you us adults kind of forget about that. Where they're running around without a worry in the world. So I kind of get lost in that. Oh, absolutely. I'm Catholic as well. Our family is Catholic. We joined the church a little over a year ago. Uh, so we we are new uh, to Catholicism, but we we love it. I thought about starting a podcast about Catholicism because I really enjoy that. It's one of my other passions, being a being a new convert. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, officer coordinator, we talked Rhode Island, we talked family. You're now defensive coordinator. What's your flavor there, Coach? What do you like to do? Um, I like the four two five. Um, mm. Actually, when I was the head coach at Exeter West Brennan's the year we went to the Super Bowl. My defensive coordinator moved, moved to Florida. His um his assistant huh. kind of like resigned, and I had a young staff. Um, they were just a couple of years in. They didn't have the experience, so I actually had to do the offense and the defense. And I got a lot of gray hair that year. It was <laughs> yeah. both. It's very difficult. I don't. I didn't like it, but I knew I had to do it. But I always liked the four two five because you can. Bring in anybody you want. You can take a um, a corner and blitz them off the side, and make it look like a four three. It can defend spread, wing T, power. It has so many different functions. So when I went to uh, Potagansett, they ran the something very similar. So I said, you know, instead of them adapting to me, let me adapt to you a little bit and get your play calling. It's easier for one person to do it since mm-hmm. it's the same thing, just we call it differently. And um, we were very successful with that. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, the four-two-five is is something that you see a lot in college football. I think that's where where that started. Like you know, Gary Patterson, all that kind of stuff. Do you do some of what he does, or, or your own kind of flavor with that? I kind of take from everybody a little bit. I think everybody does. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to say, hey, I designed all these things. I I go to a lot of clinics. I go, I listen to a lot of webinars. I talk to a lot of coaches, read books, and I just try to relate it to who I have on my staff. I mean, on my on my program, do I have fast defensive backs? How big are my linemen? Like, I really evaluate what I have as a team. It's no sense of putting four a four two five if I don't have at least six defensive backs and two that could actually play linebacker just in case I have to bring them in. Uh, same thing is you don't want to run a 50 if you don't have good defensive ends and, and a good strong nose guard. So mm-hmm. it really, you have to see what you have. Um, and I'm, I've been lucky and blessed that, you know, I've been running the 425 for quite a while and it's worked out, especially now football's really gotten into the spread where you're seeing four, you know, four receivers, you're seeing empty back. So you, you have to make sure that you put a good zone zone uh, package along with the main concept. So I kind of mm-hmm. mix them up where you can't look at it and go, oh, they're doing zone or they're doing uh, man. I'll do zone to one side, man on the other. And it takes a little while for anybody to figure that out. But mm-hmm. So what do you say to the coach? Because I, I have heard this in, during my career. What do you say, I guess, yeah, to, I guess to the coach that says, well, this is my defense. This is what I run regardless of personnel i mean like what, I, i'm not that person i i can't say i have an offense or defense so what do you like to me what's your counterpoint like well i i i adjust my scheme every year because i to my players 
But then you hear the other side of, well, I just do the, I just do what I do. Am I hiring the coach or am I going to go work for the coach? Oh man. <laughs> that makes sense. Okay. Going, going to work for the coach. Okay. So I'm going to go work for him. Mm-hmm. I will, ex- I will um, tell him my reasoning, my philosophy mm-hmm. and why, why I believe that he should give it a shot. We have summer conditioning. We have two, three months before our season starts. Give me the opportunity to show you my skill set and my evaluation and how I evaluate players and how I can present the defense to you um, and hope that he, he's, uh, he's agreeable on that. If he's not, he's the head coach. So mm-hmm. I'm on your team, okay. I, as long as you listen to what I said, I'll respect anything. And if you say, hey, nope, this is how we're going to do it, okay, you're the head coach. I'm, I'm 100% in. What about if you're looking to hire somebody that's like that? Okay, so I put anybody I hire, I put them on the board. So a lot of people get freaked out. I, I put them on the board. There's a big white board. Here's my offense defender. Show me what you're going to do with your scheme. I'm a four-two-five. I know my schemes, but if you're going to tell me something different, we're going to go on the board, and you're going to show me how you're going to defend me. Every position. Like from defensive tackles, DNs, outside backer, weak side backer. Like I want to know your whole and scheme. I want to know how you're going to teach it. How are you going to uh, explain it to me? To ex- or you're going to explain it to the players. How are you going to break down film? How are you evaluating each position? Because I evaluate each position. I start with my defensive tackles, the defensive ends, then linebackers. How are you going to do it? And there's been times I was not satisfied and. I, I believe honesty is the best. And I would say, hey, I don't think you're ready to, to be the defensive coordinator. But what I will do is I will give you an opportunity to learn. We'll start up as a position coach. And every week that we go, you can start getting into the game plan. You can get more involved until I, I'm ready to say, here's the defense. And I'm comfortable with it. If they answer all the questions and check all the box. Oh, please. Here you go. Here's the mm-hmm. defense and I'll concentrate on the offense. Mm. I imagine, I, I don't, I, I don't know if it's the same as it is you know, in places I've been the head coach, but man, sometimes it's hard to find good help. <laughs> you know, yeah. like you're trying to find people to help you, but you're just, you're really having to develop guys uh, to fit the role it, you need them to, to fulfill. It's extremely hard because you, you have to deal with youth coaches who want to become head coaches. I mean, want to become um, high school coaches. And some of them are parents. And um, by experience, I, I found that's one of the worst things to do is, is to have a parent actually on your coaching staff. It just causes so much, uh, so many problems. Or you have a youth coach that coaches in the, coaches youth football in the same town that you're coaching the high school they know the parents if they're not agreeing with you they'll tell the parents one thing because they're on a you know name-to-name basis so a lot of bad things can happen that way and um, I, I avoid it now hmm. so when you hire coaches and I love this topic when you hire assistant coaches or you or position coaches are you looking for let's say if you had to rank it are you looking for scheme knowledge or are you, are you looking for, hey, I just want a good guy that's willing to learn football? Um, it, it depends on who I have on the staff. If I have mm. if I have my coordinators down packed with, oh, just need one because I could do offense or defense. Um, I got mm. a really good coach. He's a special teams coordinator. Hayden Pemerotz, he's with me for, for life. He's great. 
So it's either offense or defensive coordinator. Once I have that, then it's, can you evolve? Can you get better? Can you break down film? Are you going to go to a seminar? Are you going to go to a clinic? Are you going to better yourself mm -hmm. and, and, and bring your knowledge and passion to, to my program? If you're willing to do that, then it's, I can deal with your being new, but you're eager to learn. Um, I, I'm looking for character more so than anything else because I can teach you. I can teach anybody a little bit of football. I mean, they have to have some knowledge, you know, but um, I can put you as a defensive back and then all of a sudden, three, four months, you're going to clinics. We're sitting down weekly. We're talking about drills. We're talking about responsibilities, what my scheme's going to be. He's sitting down with a defensive coordinator. So it's, it's, it's character more than anything, and um, that's it. That's awesome, Coach. Coach, as we land the plane on our podcast, I would love some advice to somebody who's looking to get into coaching. What is what is something you know now that you wish that, that you wish you would have known when you started? Oh, uh, you know, I had this conversation last week. It's it's funny that you brought it up. Um, depending on where you want to go, I wish somebody told me that I could have been uh, an uh, an assistant in college. I just wish. Mm -hmm. GA, go down there and, you know, you're in college, you're going to school and you can, you can coach football. You can actually get money off and you can do it for free. And I'm like, I wish somebody told me that because I started at youth football and I missed five years of what I could have done. Um, so it really depends if you want to, you know, you want to coach in college, you want to coach in, in the NFL, being a GA is, is one of the things I would tell anybody jump into. If you're not in college, you don't want to go that route. I tell everybody, go coach youth football for a couple of years. Understand kids. They're going to run around. They're going to drive you nuts. They're not going to listen. The parents are a babysitter. So you get all the bad stuff real quick. But then when they're on the field and they're doing what you taught them, you can do that to a high school kid. Uh, but you need a little bit of experience because at the high school level, if um, you fake it, the kids know it. They, they mm -hmm. know so you can fake it at the youth level while you're learning. I tell people, if you're not going to be a GA, get two, maybe three years of youth football and then start getting to the high school level. Mm. Coach, that's such good advice. Man, Coach, thank you for coming on and spending your time with us, uh, <laughs> educating me. I really appreciate your, your wisdom. Oh, I appreciate you having me. Thank you.